Season 2, Episode 42, and we're still sort of in the cold, clammy season here in Pennsylvania. Although our illustrious Emperor Governor has decided that he will decree that all of the COVID restrictions, other than the mask mandate, shall be lifted after Memorial Day. Well, that's wonderful. I just wonder if Mother Nature is going to lift the cold, the cool weather, and let's get back to some summer. I'm ready for some summer. But, you know, if you live in Pennsylvania... Your summer usually doesn't begin until Memorial Day anyway. But the stupidity, it's always here. You big dummy, you big dummy, you big dummy. Welcome to my stupid world. Of course, all of the names have not been changed. All these stories are very much real. And we want you to, well, um, enjoy them because they're not you. <clears throat> That's right. You can listen to all these great stupid stories and realize it's not me. All of them are true. And all of them are going to be on the podcast because they're stupid. Not because I necessarily agree with them or necessarily think that it's something to emulate or celebrate. No, this is one of those reverse um, psychology kind of podcasts, you see. Rather than telling you what you should do, the whole goal of this podcast is to tell you what not to do. So that way, the goal is to stay off of this podcast. See, if I read about you on my podcast, that means you're stupid. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, but... Uh, we certainly love talking about stupid people, and now you can join in with the discussions on stupidity because the podcast has just joined Telegram. Now, Telegram is kind of like Facebook Messenger or some of these other ones, except it's a little better because, for one thing, it's secure. Um, it's no one spying on you or anything like this. A lot of folks have been getting on Telegram, so uh, just go to t.me slash insane eric lane so basically t me slash eric lane t dot me slash eric lane and um you can preview uh what we uh, what's on there on the channel on the uh on my channel uh or you can uh, just download uh, telegram you can get the telegram desktop app or you can get it on mobile um but i'll be getting giving you uh, like real-time updates on what's going on behind the scenes on the podcast i'll also post a few links so you can check out the actual stories that you hear me talk about and you can even make some comments on what you have read or heard and share some of the stupidities with your friends. Or maybe if you've got some stupid things that you want and some links that you want me to talk about, you can put them in the comments there as well. Again, just go to t.me slash Lane, join in the discussion or download the app, one or the other. Uh, and uh, by the way, if you've ever thought that you've maybe done something really stupid, just keep listening to the podcast. I guarantee you, it will improve your attitude. So why don't you share this podcast with somebody who's kind of feeling stupid? That way it'll probably help them feel much better. Now, of course, this is one of two episodes that I put out every week. Uh, this is the midweek bonus episode that uh, drops uh, like right around the middle of the week, Wednesdays or so, which has the insane week in review, which you'll be hearing later on. And of course, my genius awards. That's for the <clears throat> real brilliant stupidity, the uh, glittering jewel on the crown of ignorance. 
Sundays, in other words. And uh, then every Saturday, I've got the weekend episodes that features my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero, with a lot of more stupid stories. A lot of them are from Florida and beyond. Plus, of course, the weekly round of insane game, the Insane Game Show. That's right, where we have just stupid things we try to get Pancho Guerrero to answer. You know, stupidity can be addicting. So... If you are really addicted to the stupidity, make sure that little button that you have on your podcast app that says subscribe, make sure that's clicked, okay? So you can get your stupid fix and have new episodes delivered when they're published. And of course, you know, if you feel really um, <clears throat> smart, you'd give the podcast a five-star rating on, uh, on, on, the, on your podcast app and maybe even give me a review, especially if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts. For some reason... You know, if you put a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, it makes everyone think that this is pretty important. So, you know, write a review and lie a little bit, okay? Whatever it takes. But at any rate, um, just just don't get caught in some stupid situations, okay? And I'll tell you, one situation that's catching a lot of stupidity is technology. I mean... We've got so much technology now. If it isn't the cameras that you see in parking lots or stores that are catching people, you know, it's people's own telephones. Well, can you even call them telephones anymore? Personal computer devices, I guess. I don't know. And, of course, these iPhones. I don't have an iPhone. <clears throat> Frankly, I prefer, you know, Android. But that's a whole different argument altogether anyway. But you know how some of these iPhones, they've got this live photo feature. I've never seen it, but I've read about it. You press down on the picture, and then it'll actually show you the few seconds of the video before and after the picture was taken. Yeah, well, that that little feature just took down a relationship. Now, a woman named Serena Kerrigan posted a video on TikTok showing how her boyfriend sent her a photo of an empty bed in a hotel room and telling her that he missed her. But when she pressed down to see the live photo, at the end of the clip, some random woman jumped onto the bed. Well, that video went vi viral pretty much immediately. It's already got millions of views, and, well, I'm pretty sure he's just lost his girlfriend. Oh, boy. Well, I don't know. Have you been hearing about the cicadas? <laughs> no technology can prevent trillions of these little vermin that are going to come up out of the ground and swarm pretty much most of the eastern U.S. Now, the big thing people have been talking about is the noise that they make. Now, when I was a kid growing up, we had cicadas all the time in Arkansas. I would, I'd go see my grandmother up in Dry Fork, Arkansas. She had no air conditioning, so all the windows were open and all the fans were going. And I would go to bed at night with the cicadas singing in the trees. And it would literally put me to sleep. To me, it's kind of a restful, you know, it's kind of like white noise, you know. But everyone's talking about the noise they're going to be making. But here's a gross question. Should we start eating them? <laughs> I mean, you know, look, they, they say every 17 years, this cicada boom offers this big boost of the food chain, you might say, from the <clears throat> bottom up. But in general, we don't directly take part in the delicious cicada action. But maybe we should, because apparently there's a surprising number of people who are up for it. Now, every year, at least until the pandemic struck, 
the Ag Arena at Penn State University here in Central PA would have their bug festival. Yeah, they would literally fill the Ag Arena with every conceivable bug you could possibly think of, and they would offer some in the snack shack, like mealworms or crickets embedded in brownies and all kinds of things. I haven't, well, I haven't tried that. You know, the chocolate-covered ants, all that kind of thing. Well, some people are up for these cicadas. 35,000 people were surveyed, and one in four said they might give the cicada-based food a shot. That includes 9% who are very willing to do it. Another 13% said, eh, probably not, but maybe. 44% said, not a chance. And that would be me. I mean, I don't need to bite into a bug just for the sake of eating it. Now, I realize John the Baptist lived on wild locusts and honey, but I haven't baptized the Almighty in any time in the, in the near future, so I don't think I qualify. Well, 15% in this survey weren't quite sure, but they might have toyed with the idea. One in 50 Americans have already had delicious cicadas for dinner. Uh, by the way, men were 50% more likely than women to say they'd give it a try, obviously. I've seen people eat tarantulas. Have you seen that? They cook the tarantulas. And some, some of them, they put them live in their mouth. Are they, are they live? I don't know. I don't even want to know. But some young people are actually more likely to say, yeah, I'll try a cicada than the older people. It's because they're stupid. 28% <laughs> said, I'd be up for trying some sort of insect-based food. I think maybe it's the part that you got to chew up the legs and the body. You know, I just, I don't know. Anyway, a third of us think insects as food is probably going to become a bigger trend in the next 10 years. I don't know. You've got your choice of vegan, bugs, or meat. I think I'm going to stick with the meat. Now, if you want to try the cicadas, go right ahead. I won't be jealous at all. Some of you might even want to make a Yelp review about how good they taste. You might even start seeing insect restaurants. Wouldn't that be a trip? Yeah. What would you call an insect restaurant? And how would you review it on Yelp? I don't know. Well, I know a lot of us make those uh, reviews on Yelp. I've never used it. If I want to really give my review on a restaurant, I don't go to Yelp. I go to their Facebook page. But, you know, a lot of folks... I guess they go to the Yelp reviews and read about them and whatever. But I would say that maybe in this situation, a line was definitely crossed. There's a woman on TikTok. Her name is Antonia. She shares a post and she explains, so we're all just at a restaurant and the waiter asks all of us to write a review on Yelp and mention his name. She said, so I did. And it was pretty funny. I wrote, thank you, Ira, our king. But then I got a message on Yelp 20 minutes later. Ira's very unimpressed girlfriend had messaged her and asked her to remove the inappropriate review. Inappropriate? Well, the girlfriend writes, I saw your review for my boyfriend, Ira, and I don't really appreciate what you said calling him your king, etc. She adds, I don't know if he gave you some kind of impression or was flirting, etc., but I'd like to know. 
If not, then if you don't mind editing the review or writing a new one, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> well, Antonia replies, uh, assuring her that there was nothing to worry about. And really, the staff was having a little competition that night to see who could get the most reviews. So the girlfriend apologized, but Antonia added, imagine going to Yelp to look at your boyfriend's restaurant and messaging someone from a review within 20 minutes. My, oh my. I would call that a psycho girlfriend. I don't know. The question is, what does she think about what her boyfriend serves up? That's the big question. You can make your own joke. Well, Tim Tebow has been serving up a lot of different careers in sports, and he's getting his second NFL chance. Talked about this in a previous podcast, and sure enough, the Jacksonville Jaguars are planning on signing Tim Tebow to a one-year deal. That's according to the NFL Network, as he plans to make a comeback as tight end. I think he might be the tightest end in the whole league. I don't know, but the the ex-quarterback has had you know brief stints with the Patriots and the Eagles. The 33-year-old Tebow hasn't played, though, in the NFL since 2012 when he was with the Jets. Now, he had a, tr a tryout with the Jaguars after reaching out regarding his interests and converting to the tight end position. When NFL teams showed interest in him as a quarterback, he, uh, well, when they stopped showing interest in him as a quarterback, he then pursued baseball and played a few several minor, minor league seasons in the Mets organization before he finally retired there in early 2021. But uh, Tebow actually, see, he's getting reunited with his former Florida Gators coach, Urban Meyer, who's now making his first foray into the NFL with the Jaguars. Meyer recently told USA Today that the Jaguars would look into signing Tebow if they thought he could, he could help, well, help them win games. Well, obviously, that's the whole point. We'll see. I mean, they were not there last week or the week before, but apparently they appear to be now. So we'll see. But sadly, I guess if Tim signs with the Jaguars, he's going to have to break his current contract, you know, with the wait staff at Applebee's. I mean, you know your career is in trouble if you're excited about signing with the Jaguars? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway... <clears throat> well, I, I don't know. Maybe there, there's something, maybe he's got, it's a big name, you know? Tim Tebow. Let's see what he can deliver. I don't know. Well, anyway, I know one thing, though. Um, do, do, does he have a big nose? That's really important. Not necessarily to play football. But there's an actual study here, people, a scientific paper about noses on men. Why, do you say? Well... Men with big noses might have an extra pep in their step today, or maybe a sore back from something else they've been lugging around. This study found that guys who have a huge schnoz are also more likely to be above average below the belt. Now, this is some Japanese researchers. They've looked into this whole thing, and the favorite part of the study is that they really did publish a scientific paper and then they put out and they used the term and I quote big nose big hose <laughs> oh yeah I will be placing this for sure on our telegram channel you can read the scientific paper and get the scientific research they found the link by examining over <laughs> 125 corpses that's right 
So that's that part's a little weird and gross. But I guess there's no way the guys lied, right? Nothing like examining some cadavers to see what their noses and hoses compare to be. <sighs> Men with noses that were 1.8 inches long had an average uh, below the belt length of 4.1 inches. <laughs> uh, oh, so many things are going through my mind. Is that before or after? Anyway, men with 2.2-inch noses, the measurements was 5.3 inches below the belt. They also found the size of a man's nose is more closely related to the size of their junk than pretty much anything else, including how big their feet are, or in the case of Donald Trump, their hands. They're still not sure why the two measurements are readily related, I don't know, but it was a fairly small study that looked only at the men in Japan. So I guess more research is needed. No one measured the nose of a 44-year-old New York sperm donor named Ari Nagel, a.k.a. the Sperminator. This guy has fathered 78 children and admits that he can't say no. So far, he's already fathered dozens of children with more than 13 on the way. And he's even helped many women conceive the old-fashioned way. He does claim now that with his old age, he's smartened up and he only donates his DNA without touching the other person. A lot of the women are just in the U.S. Sometimes they're abroad. I went to Africa twice last month to try and meet women to help them conceive. The month before that, I was in Barbados and then Georgia, the country, not the state. Well, of the 13 women that are currently pregnant, I gave it to them all in a cup, and then they just put it in themselves. Sometimes we end up using a clinic if they're older. Around a dozen of my children were conceived the old-fashioned way. I never charged any of the women uh, for helping them grow their families. Of course, I do get paid with lots of hugs and kisses and a lifetime of appreciation. Now, obviously, this story might confuse the kids. <laughs> so why don't we just bring in somebody to explain it to them? Hi, kids. The world is a big, scary place, and I'm going to help you make sense of it all. Let's learn about sperm donors. Your mom said that she picked your dad from a big book of donors. He had pearly teeth. He was about six feet, but they'll never meet so you don't have a father. Some moms try to have babies and don't give them a daddy. Maybe you don't have a daddy. If you grew up the kid of a sperm donor, maybe you feel like a stray with no owner. While the other kids play catch because they all have their dads, at least you're really good at being a loner. Don't worry about being a sperm donor, baby kids. Your dad would have gone out for a pack of smokes one day and left you anyway. Barney loves you! Maybe Ari Nagel needs an engagement ring. You know? Maybe that would be an interesting thing. No, really. Um... Men are starting to have engagement rings now. Did you hear that? Yeah. I guess if the jewelry business hears of a trend that could probably double their sales, I guess they're going to push the living daylights out of it. Yeah, people have really been talking about men wearing engagement rings for years, but now that trend, if you can call it that, is really now starting to blow up. Never has blown up in the past, but now it is. In fact, the most famous jewelry store in the world is about to validate it. 
So we'll just see how that changes things. Tiffany and company has rolled out a brand new line of engagement rings for men. They haven't said what the prices are going to be, but the pictures show the rings look more like, well, you know, men's wedding bands. Well, with one exception, with that big honking huge rock embedded in the middle of it. We'll see. Who knows? I mean, what? We've got men identifying as women. We've got transgenders. We've got, you know, all this other stuff. Why not engagement rings? You know, blur the line a little bit more. You know, I don't know. Well, one man, or I should say male, <clears throat> got a little juiced. And this particular male, by the way, is a horse at the Kentucky Derby. Did you hear about this? Bob Baffert, he's the trainer for Medina Spirit, the Kentucky Derby winning horse who failed a drug test. Yeah, now we're getting horses involved in this now. Baffert insists that no one gave Medina Spirit anything illegal, and he has no shortages of excuses why his horse failed the drug test. And, well, one is... Well, pretty wild. You've had five horses from the Baffert barn in the last year to fail a drug test. Now, what would explain but the, that? But they were all resolved. They were all, they were contamination. And we have to fight this. And for some reason, that, that is the problem right there. And, uh, and people in the public don't understand. People in my world, they understand it's, this is all BS. And uh, unfortunately, uh, it happened to uh, I have Bob Baffert's not stupid. That's not a drug that I, I would I would use on a horse. We don't use that horse. We, we don't use that drug. It, the horse never had it in him. And we have the documentation. We're going to uh, show everything. Baffert said one of the testing issues was created by a groom. No, that's not somebody that is marrying a bride. A groom in this case is the person that handles the day to day work inside the stalls. Well, apparently, one of them peed in Medina Spirit's stall after taking cough medicine. The horse ate some of the contaminated hay and led to a positive test. Hmm. Baffert has blamed grooms before. Just last year, two of his horses tested positive for a banned substance, and he claimed that grooms used a lidocaine cream on their hands before handling the horses and, well, somehow the horses ingested it. I mean, B Baffert has been everywhere complaining about the situation. In fact, in one interview, he actually said his horse is a victim of cancel culture. I know when Churchill Downs came out with that statement, that was pretty harsh. And um, I think they had to just, you know, with all the noise going out, out you know, we live in a different world now. This, this America is different. And it was like a cancel culture kind of a, a thing. Maybe we should start keeping the cameras on in the stalls and just see what's going on, huh? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah, well, we'll see what, how this all comes out. Of course, if it's proven that uh, after the second test that uh, the horses really did, you know, have drugs in the system, I guess the, uh, the wreaths will be then given to the runner-up horse. Weird. You know, well, it's 2021. What else could be happening? I mean, what other stupid things could be possibly happening? Well, how about this? Taking pictures of your stomach. Now, I like my cutoff shirts, and I don't mind taking pictures in my cutoff shirts. But I never thought of doing this. If you've ever mowed down a, you know, a Chipotle burrito and then looked down at your stomach and said, eh, am I six months pregnant? 
Well, now there's a social media trend for that. There's a 24-year-old woman named Clara Gillum from Nashville, Tennessee. She starts posting selfies on TikTok, showing her stomach before she eats a big meal. And then she takes another photo that shows her stomach after she has finished the big meal. And now other people are actually getting in on the trend and posting their before and after photos. Clara says she's gotten a ton of great feedback from people who are insecure about their bloating after eating. And now she is helping them realize it's totally normal and glamorous. <laughs> I should start that. Yeah, well, maybe not. Well, <clears throat> if they're not showing off their bloated bellies, they're trying to show off their teeth now that the masks are starting to come off. It might be a little late to learn a new language, you know, before going back to the workplace, now that more and more of the country is kind of opening back up. A lot of people are hurrying to have their teeth straightened after months of staring at themselves on Zoom calls. One New York orthodontist said that the new inquiries have actually risen 50% since the fall. The owner of Invisalign, Clear Aligners, say that the number of people starting treatment in the first quarter was actually up almost 70% from the year before, according to the Wall Street Journal. Typically, what motivates adults is a special event, said an executive at the competitor. The special event is, in this case, the end of the pandemic lockdown. You see, people have been holed up. They've uh, started to have, you know, they're going to have reveals, you know, gender reveals or reunions with coworkers or family members. The CDC decided anybody who's been vaccinated doesn't necessarily need to wear a mask outdoors. But in this context, masks serve as another purpose, which is hiding a mouthful of braces. People, I guess, what, now, now they're just now wanting to get their teeth straightened? I mean, what, after eating junk food for a year? I'm kind of surprised people still have teeth. You know, folks are hurrying around like crazy to get their teeth straightened. Now, you'd think a bigger priority would be losing the 100 pounds they gained during the lockdown. I don't know. Anyway, well, one girl... She's not been eating a lot to get bloated or to worry about her teeth. She was, she's been missing for about six months. Well, they finally found this woman living in a tent in a national forest in Utah, and she subsided on a diet of grass and moss. She was actually discovered uh, after a drone was searching for her crashed, uh, the, the drone crashed nearby, and, and it got, I guess picked her up on, on the camera. Uh, but she's a 47-year-old woman, wasn't publicly identified, but she was discovered in a remote campground of the uh, the Uina Uinta Watch Cache National Forest in the uh, in the Utah County. Uh, the sheriff's office there said that the woman had lost a significant amount of weight, obviously, um, and was weak. But she was apparently also resourceful. Authorities believe that she voluntarily chose to move to Diamond Fork Canyon, had been surviving on small amounts of food she brought with her as well as grass and moss, and she had access to water from the nearby river. Yes, living in a tent. Believe me, I mean, I've spent some time in a tent. That's not necessarily living. I mean, there it is for a little bit. I wouldn't live there. I would maybe vacation there. But subsiding on a diet of grass and moss? Frankly, that's not a diet. That's a cry for help. It's a great, big, stupid, great, big, stupid.
everybody has a little stupidity in their world. And frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you, too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. Bill and Melinda Gates announced they are getting divorced. Melinda still hasn't said why, but I heard uh, Microsoft doesn't just describe his company. A new report reveals that Gates used to spend long weekends with his ex-girlfriend. So I guess just like his software customers, he wished he could go back to the previous version. Bill and Melinda reportedly planned to make their stunning divorce announcement in March, and she hoped to avoid all the media glare by renting a remote private island in Grenada, for the family. But no word, though, of uh, Bill went to his favorite island, uh, <clears throat> known to some as Epstein. Sources told TMZ Melinda rented Cavigny uh, Island for a whopping $132,000 a night for her and the couple's kids, as well as their significant others. I'm sure Melinda was crying constantly, obviously. Hopefully, though, she dried her eyes and blew her nose using the tissue dispenser filled with $100 bills. Former President Trump called Mitt Romney a stone-cold loser after the lawmaker was booed at the state convention in Utah. This is noteworthy because it's by far the nicest thing Trump has ever said about him. Trump added that it was also nice to see rhino Mitt Romney booed off stage. By the way, if you've ever heard the term rhino but don't know what it stands for, it stands for Republican in name only. Of course, it's not the same as when he calls somebody like Rosie O'Donnell a rhino. President Trump also has launched a new website where he can post his thoughts. Uh, From the desk of President Trump, I guess is what it is. The, The president promises to build a big, beautiful firewall and Mexico will pay for it. While Americans may take things like working at a working toilet for granted, there's a new study that finds unsanitary conditions were literally everywhere back in the 1800s. I think we kind of know that, but these people never really suffered from prissy toilet paper shortages, mainly because they were wiping their butts with leaves. Researchers from Dartmouth College say fecal samples reveal even America's rich upper class suffered from intestinal parasites during this era. They say the early bird catches the worm, but apparently in the 1800s, the rich bird had worms. State of medical care during this time period was pretty terrible, explains the lead researcher, Jessica Sarna. Yeah, the doctors are so bad, they even accepted Obamacare. 
and a 57-year-old former Massachusetts police uh, pizza shop owner is accused of illegally obtaining federal coronavirus relief funds to buy an alpaca farm. Now, this is going to be a long court case, I'm afraid. Talk about some serious llama drama. Dana McIntyre, who used to own the Rastapasta Pizzeria in the city of Beverly, Massachusetts, received a $600,000 loan by allegedly lying about his number of employees and falsifying an official tax form. Now, if this is true, this is terrible. I mean, what, what this man allegedly did is even more egregious than the creation of Hawaiian pizza. A woman has filed a formal sexual assault accusations against New York City mayoral candidate Scott Stringer, but still, he's got to be better than de Blasio, who spent his term screwing the entire city against their will. A Lord of the Rings podcast from the actors who played Pippin and Merry is said to be in development. Everyone eating Doritos in their mom's basement couldn't be happier. The podcast will reportedly center around the making of the original trilogy. This will definitely get a lot of listeners, you know, because the movie franchise generated over $5 billion in worldwide box office revenue. And it would, you know, would have been twice that amount if any of the fans could get a date. <clears throat> and Tom Brady says he'd trade two Super Bowl wins for a perfect season. Yeah, Jet fans, fans of the Jets, they would try trade two of their children for Tom Brady. <coughs> President Biden's strange anecdote about reaching 1.5 million miles on Amtrak has kind of come under scrutiny after some very key inconsistencies emerged that make it impossible to have occurred as he told it. Uh, you don't need to know the details. Let's just say this time Joe's really gone off the rails. I mean, he had many gaffes, but I got to say, this one is just stupid. Really. I, I think it's probably safe to say Joe is so close to being put into a home where he'll have Thomas the Tank Engine playing on loop. <coughs> well, Vice President Kamala Harris and the second gentleman, Doug Emhoff, caused a rather internet uproar when they exchanged a brief schmooch while both wearing masks, and this despite the fact both have received their second vaccine dose three months earlier. Did you see the picture? Now, based on this, I kind of think it's safe to assume that this little prick was the only one she's had since then. I know this might seem really lame, but look, if we're honest, this is probably more action than most of us have gotten during lockdown. These two, st these two could literally star in a new reality show, you know? I'm sure someone with Fox is probably writing up a plot with a new hit, The Mask Left Winger. <laughs> Republicans are calling it absurd. But looking at the two of them, I get it. A new study claims millennials are causing a major drop in the U.S. birth rate. Who would have ever thought the generation of Tinder and Hinge would have trouble procreating? Hmm. A new study from Germany finds that being touched by a humanoid robot makes people happier and more likely to listen to machines. But if these robots are anything like your spouse, chances are the, they'll only touch you once in a blue moon. 
Instead of being reliant on other humans, researchers are hoping that one day robots might be able to fill the roles of therapists, personal trainers, and even life coaches. Hey, you know, maybe they can even be strippers too, you know? Hopefully you can finally just swipe your card through a robot butt crack for a lap dance. A Belgian farmer is being accused of accidentally moving the French border and claiming some of the country for Belgium. In other words, invading France is just as easy as we thought. California Republican gubernatorial candidate Caitlyn Jenner staked out a hardline position on illegal immigration endorsing the border wall embraced by the former president, Donald Trump. And even, I think, even more people would embrace it if she agreed to keep the Kardashian girls on the other side. Jenner tells Fox News, I'm all for the wall. She said that on an episode of Hannity. She says, I would secure the wall. We can't have a state. We can't have a country without a secure wall. Finally, a Republican with balls. The CDC continues to face criticism for its strict guidelines for social distancing at all the summer camps. Yeah, this summer's hottest game is going to be pin the mask on the donkey. Duck, duck, Fauci is going to be a hot one as well. A cyber attack on top U.S. fuel supplier Colonial Pipeline shut down nearly half of the East Coast fuel supply after hackers penetrated the site. Of course, you know you watch way too much Beavis and Butthead when your first thought is, <laughs> they say they said penetrated. <laughs> I mean, with gasoline limited, New Yorkers had nothing to sniff. I mean, heck, they, they couldn't even get a decent protest going because there were no Molotov cocktails. The best part is the hackers didn't mean to create a social crisis. Besides, they donate half of their loot to charity. That's a true fact, folks. I just heard it on the news. They gotta be, they're good hackers. Oh, come on. A new study discovered a dinosaur called Shavuya that looked like a giant chicken and hunted prey in the darkness. Well, kind of sounds like a Jurassic Park spinoff starring Colonel Sanders. This chicken-shaped dinosaur that hunted prey in the darkness. Wow. Talk about foul play. All right, all right, I'll show myself out. <clears throat> the Shavuya hung out with the T-Rex dinosaur. See, I guess he was his wingman. Okay, I'll stop the chicken puns before somebody tells me to cluck off. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's communications director has resigned amidst the ongoing scandals plaguing the administration. It's kind of a tough loss for the governor because the communications director, you know, was in charge of asking all the female staffers if they liked anyone in the governor's mansion as more than friends. I mean, who's now going to organize the strip poker games? I guess you don't really need a communications director when every single voter is giving you the finger. Dr. Anthony Fauci was expected to visit the Vatican for a conference on COVID-19. And as a result, I think there were, what, two collections at the Vatican Mass? You know, one for the poor, the other for pitching lessons. Fauci said he was going to fly east to Italy. But knowing him, he'll, you know, change directions the next day. You know, the problem is these Delta planes, they've got two left wings. And you know the uh, star of the 1980s hit Bachelor Party? 
Tawny Kitten, or is that it is? K-I-T-A-E-N. I guess it's pronounced Tawny Kitten. Yeah. Well, anyway, she also was in the famous White Snake video. Well, she passed away at the age of 59. Of course, right now, all the fans of White Snake are flying their mullets at half mast. Kitten was considered one of the biggest sex symbols of the 1980s. Of course, she wasn't the frisky type, you know, that participated in those crazy Hollywood three ways. But one thing for sure is her posters inspired a lot of um, one ways. The Obama family's beloved dog, Bo, went to heaven. I guess some dogs go to heaven. Bo had a long, long, long illness, you see. He was a Portuguese water dog who was gifted to the Obamas by the late Massachusetts Senator Ted Kennedy, who just so happened to be a water driver. Hmm. This means the only, the only person, the only one sniffing people in the Obama house now is Biden. Now, you knew that was coming. Vanessa Hudgens revealed that she made the very first movie on her boyfriend, Cole Tucker. There was a time, you know, when this would have been shocking, but in the hashtag MeToo era, guys just don't want to lose their jobs. You know, most guys won't ask out a girl unless their lawyer is present. And uh, Canelo Alvarez unified his 168-pound titles with a TKO win over Billy Joe Sanders. And as a parent... It's kind of hard to justify spending 50 bucks to watch a fight on pay-per-view, knowing that 30 bucks at a Waffle House, I could probably see a much better fight and feed my whole family. I mean, let's just say Sanders was smothered, covered, and fried after about 10 rounds. And in a new poll recently, nearly two-thirds of Americans say social media platforms are tearing us apart. The other third says those two-thirds are only saying that because they're Nazis. And an Ohio politician was caught using a fake background of his home in a Zoom meeting while he was actually driving at the time. Well, at least he wasn't playing with his stick shift like Jeffrey Tubin. And Dracula's castle over there in Romania, it's now open and offering tourists COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah. Just close your eyes and stick out your neck and It'll be all over soon. Nah, I'm positive. This won't discourage the squeamish from getting vaccinated. <laughs> Creepy. Instead of just standing around for 15 minutes to see if there's any side effects, they make you wait in a coffin. And Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, have you seen this? He just recently purchased a $500 million mega yacht. Every, every order you place on Amazon, you're paying for it. I bet it's going to, what, be delivered in a box 50 times bigger than the actual yacht. And I'm sure the yacht is probably loaded with nice things. And if he ever invites any of the warehouse workers over for a visit, I'll bet they will get the fanciest water bottles to urinate in. At least he's putting my Amazon Prime dues to good use. Spending a half billion dollars on a boat? I'm starting to get the idea old Jeff might be overcharging us for Amazon Prime. Former President Donald Trump called, called uh, Medina Spirit, the, you know, the, the so-called winner of the Kentucky Derby, called Medina Spirit a junkie when the winner's trainer revealed the horse tested positive for that illegal substance. Of course, it's not surprising that Trump used such direct language. You know, what is surprising is that he didn't nickname the horse Hunter. 
And finally, Major League Baseball announcer for the Washington Nationals. He's been removed from his position for an alleged sexual assault. Apparently, he tried to steal second base. This genius. I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Awards. And this week's Genius Awards is going to start off with giving one to our own Pennsylvania Attorney General, Josh Shapiro. He announced charges against a Northampton borough couple after finding nearly a million dollars in drugs and dozens of guns in a home. Now Shapiro released the arrest warrants for Christopher Weikert and Tara Gallucci. They're now facing a slew of charges, including possession of controlled substances, drug paraphernalia, and prohibited firearms. Agents for the Pennsylvania Office of Attorney General's Bureau of Narcotics Investigation executed that search warrant on the couple's home. They found 21 pounds of methamphetamines, 1,275 doses of fentanyl, with an estimated street value of $972,400, or I should say $972,475. In addition, authorities also seized six ghost guns, four assault rifles, three handguns, and a variety of ghost gun parts, including with Nazi paraphernalia. These traffickers were also carrying ghost guns, which are quickly becoming the weapon of choice for criminals and fueling the gun violence epidemic. Mr. Shapiro said in that statement, large amounts of drugs and dozens of guns in a Pennsylvania home. Of course, the big question is, how is this guy not a member of the Philadelphia Eagles? What really threw me, though, for a loop was the whole Nazi paraphernalia, or as the liberals will say, stuff purchased from Donald Trump's online shop. And then there's this bizarre mystery, which has police scratching their heads and rubbing their tummies. Instead of following breadcrumbs to the Mayfield Heights Police Department, they're following a trail of candy wrappers. Apparently, a woman had a sweet tooth and a sticky finger. Woman reportedly stole 84 Reese's peanut butter cups and two 12-packs of beer from a Circle K. Now, this is where the plot gets a little thicker than peanut butter. The police were able to track down the candy klepto getaway car. Okay, the Cleveland woman who owned the car involved in this alleged buttercup caper, said she gave an acquaintance a ride to the Circle K on the day of the convenience store crime. She then dropped the mystery woman off in Euclid, Ohio, where a mystery man picked her up. Now, the woman's identity is still unknown at the time, and local law enforcement is still investigating. So if you know a woman in Euclid, Ohio, who smells like Reese's peanut butter cups and beer, contact the Mayfield Heights Police Department. <clears throat> Of course, I'm not really sure how she's going to defend herself after stealing 84 Reese's and two packs of beer. But I have a feeling that when she's arrested and goes to court, she's going to plead not skinny. <laughs> this event transpired near Cleveland, so I think they should investigate all the Cavalier fans. And I say that because these people absolutely need two packs of beer to make it through a game. Or how about this one? A school bus driver has been arrested for allegedly having a loaded gun on the bus. Police in Norfolk, Maine, said students at King Philip Regional Middle School found the gun on a seat in the back of the bus, but none of them touched it. 
The 65-year-old driver, David Tripp, works for the Holmes Bus Company, which is hired by the school district. Now, a parent called police to report students had found the gun on the bus after school. Tripp allegedly told the police that kids found a pellet gun on his bus, then he tossed it in the woods. Well, investigators wasted plenty of time there before they found the real gun at Tripp's home. I've known the individual for a long time. He's a long-time Norfolk resident, and I'm upset with him that he would do this to the residents of the town of Norfolk. That's what the police chief, Charles Stone, said. Now, after an investigation, officers determined the gun fell out of Tripp's pocket when he was cleaning up the bus after dropping off Norfolk Elementary School students. No elementary school students really came in contact or saw the gun, but Tripp does have a license to carry a firearm, but that's going to be suspended now. Police will also seize any and all firearms in his possession, and he faces several charges, including reckless endangerment of a child. So some of you might question why on earth he'd have a gun on a school bus. But I guess for those of you who spend any time around the youth of today, I'm sure you'll understand. Okay, I'm just teasing. Okay, I'll, even even if kids today are incredibly annoying, it's not okay to have a loaded fire firearm on a school bus, okay? M maybe he could just conceal carry a flask and just get loaded instead. But what about this? There's an Instagram influencer mom who accused a Latino couple of attempting to kidnap her kids in viral videos. Now she's been hit with charges for lying about it to the cops. She's a momfluencer. Her name is Katie Sorensen of Sonoma, California, and they charged her with giving false information to police over the incident. Now she's facing six months behind bars. Now, she has a couple of Instagram videos that were viewed by nearly 5 million people. Uh, Sorensen claims in the videos that a couple tried to kidnap her kids outside of Michael's Craft Store. She's uh, since <clears throat> made that account private. But the story quickly unraveled as police began investigating and identified the couple as Sadie and Eddie Martinez. Petaluma police quickly cleared the pair of wrongdoing and said that Sorensen's complaint was false. The couple, uh, parents of five, who at the store shopping for the decorative baby Jesus accused Sorensen of racial profiling. They spoke to the outlet, the TV outlet after the charges were announced. They said, we're very happy with the news. And cops knew right away that this couple didn't try to kidnap the kid. They already had five kids. If anything, they probably wanted someone to kidnap one of theirs. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, I'm just kidding. Five kids is a beautiful thing. Leads to full hearts and empty bank accounts. I mean, if anybody, if anyone's really surprised that an Instagram influencer actually faked something, I mean, come on, really? It's kind of like being shocked that the sun sets. And you got to check this one out. State Patrol, State Patrol troopers in Nebraska, they've arrested a Florida man after discovering more than 400 pounds of marijuana hidden inside of ATMs, a safe, and a tote during a traffic stop on I-80. The State Patrol uh, spokesman Cody Thomas said that a trooper saw a Mercedes Sprinter van fail to turn a signal uh, while making a, an exit on near Gittner in Hamilton County. So during the stop, a police dog indicated a smell of drugs. So they did a search, turned up a plastic tote containing packages of marijuana, plus 14 ATMs and a large safe. So with the help of the Grand Island Fire Department, the ATMs and the safes were opened, and surprise, surprise, they found more marijuana. Thomas said the total weight of the marijuana was 426 pounds. 
He said the troopers also found about 9000 bucks in cash in a duffel bag in the front seat. So they arrested the driver, 36-year-old Gilbert Fernandez of Cooper City, Florida, on suspicion of possession of marijuana, more than a pound, possession of with intent to deliver, and possession of money during a drug violation. Now, this, this certainly is a very unique ATM for sure. I, I thought those kind of ATMs were only used at Willie Nelson concerts. 400 pounds of marijuana, though, it's just, that's just stupid. I mean, let's just put this in perspective here. That, that's like one cast member of The View's worth of weed. Okay, you'll never believe this. There's a man accused of dressing up as an Amazon delivery driver to steal packages. He was taken into custody, according to the Philadelphia police, and Six Action News was there as the suspect was arrested in the city's own Fishtown neighborhood. There was surveillance video that captured the suspect parking his bike. The video shows him walking up to a home, taking a package on the doorstep, nodding at someone passing by, and taking his time riding away. Now, the next night, the suspect was spotted peddling through a nearby neighborhood with several stolen parcels, including a case of bubbly, sparkling water, speakers, and a box of Birkenstock shoes. It feels like an invasion of privacy that they're coming up and taking our stuff. I see how it's an easy target, but does it make it okay? Now, the bike that the suspect was using was also recovered at the scene. Police are still investigating how the man managed to get an Amazon vest and for how long he'd been targeting homes in the neighborhood. Fishtown resident Trey Dodge says... He's had packages stolen at least a half dozen times. They never steal anything valuable. There was a kid's water bottle and a shirt or something, said Dodge. Of course, I guess there's a new service there where you sign up and get your package stolen within two days. It's called Amazon Slime. (laughs) Although I do wonder how he got that Amazon vest myself, you know? I mean, I thought you could only acquire one of those by selling your soul to Lord Bezos. Okay, one more. According to the Sanford, Florida Police Department, there's a man who's accused of attacking his family with a samurai sword. Police found Gary Campbell pacing in front of his home on Spanish Bay Drive after receiving a 911 call for medical assistance. So when the deputies go inside the home, they find Campbell's mother, father, and sister all suffering from wounds. According to police, all three were taken to the hospital. Detectives said that Campbell used a Cantana sword, which is kind of a Japanese sword wielded by samurais. And based on interviews with Campbell, detectives said they believe he intentionally attacked his family. Officers then arrested Campbell, now who's facing charges for two counts of attempted first-degree homicide and one count of aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. Anybody with information on this, they need to contact the Sanford Police Department or Crime Line as soon as he can, okay? I mean, what a mess. What an absolute mess. This has got to be the biggest disaster involving a samurai sword since that Tom Cruise movie, The Last Samurai, I think. Samurai are, are supposed to be about honor and respect, you know? In other words, a real samurai warrior would never live in Florida. Anyway, hey, hey, uh... Trust me, some of these links I'm going to have to put on my Telegram channel. So join in the stupidity with all the discussions. You get all the real-time updates on the podcast. And I'm going to throw some links in. to You can check out some of these actual stupid stories that you've heard me talk about. So you can comment on them, what you've heard, or read and share some of the stupidity with your friends. All you got to do to join in, first off, you got to have Telegram. 
So you can go to t.me slash insane Eric Lane to join the discussion, or you, there's a little button to download the app right there. If you've ever thought, though, you've done something really stupid, I think by listening to this podcast, your attitude has improved. So do somebody a favor who's feeling the same way and share the podcast with them. Don't forget, two episodes a week, like this episode, the bonus episode you're listening to right now, and coming up every Saturday, the weekend episode featuring Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew, with all more stupid stories from Florida and beyond. Plus, of course, our weekly round of our insane game show. Stupidity is always addicting, and so you want to keep new episodes delivered into your podcast player when they're published. So hit that subscribe button to get your stupid fix. And give it a five-star rating and review the podcast, if you please, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. So just tell a lie or something if you have to. I mean, it'll help bring in more folks who will actually check out this podcast, okay? So let me uh, just conclude this whole thing with this passing thought. You are what you eat. So don't be fast, cheap, easy, or fake. I know you're probably amazed at the amount of stupidity that's in this world, but you know, somebody has to actually go out and find them and write about them. So there's no way this podcast could be as stupid as it is without the talented writers from some great places like Mr. Laughs Comedy and Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane and visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.